Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. All right. brand name, like Pepsi, that's a brand name, I stand behind it, I guarantee it, they know that, even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills, <laughs> what I'm right? talking about is, when you chop my dough down, one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it Blue Magic, that is trademark infringement, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. y'all i am here it is tell the truth tuesday it's about to be lit and it is october 11 2016 i am fresh back from the atl refreshed i've been down there since last thursday and um mm, y'all know i'm sitting my mouth back that ain't changed a lot we'd have had some epiphanies so if you guys are following me on Facebook or on my Instagram, which I don't give that information out anymore because y'all motherfuckers decided that y'all wanted to get personal with shit and start rolling up on a motherfucker, I really didn't appreciate that. Um, not in a bad way, just kind of like I keep my, my private life and my, you know, my social media life, two separate things. So tonight's show is called Tell the Truth Tuesday. It's called Epiphany Status. I will go ahead and give out my Instagram, which is at miss.d.scott. But a lot of the juicy, real deal shit that I post is on my Facebook, which is just for friends and family or people that I know personally in the community. So the show tonight is about epiphanies. And there were several that I had over the last two weeks, really 30 days. And then after my trip to Atlanta um, to visit my family with my family, I brought my son with me. I learned some other things. And recently I had to change what I was spelling out into the universe. So you guys know that... I'm very careful with my words, but I'm also very sinister with them. So I've been angry at motherfuckers for like 10 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's been an ongoing thing. I've been angry for a long time. But not angry, bitter black woman, just angry like where if you say something to me, you perhaps may get cussed the fuck out for something that happened to me in 1995. Okay? And so I didn't realize how powerful my words were because I kept putting them to the universe. And I'm – I'm I'm in a place where I'm self-actualizing right now. So if you guys aren't familiar with Maslow's hierarchy needs, I talk about it all the time. Um, what that means is I'm basically in a place where I can damn near ask the universe for anything. And it just, it happens just like that. I don't have to wait. I don't have to. So whether that means like I want you to get four flats on your Cadillac is going to happen. I did that. You know, come to death row. That was the theme of the, the weekend as well in Atlanta. So, um, after my trip, I'm usually, any trip, I'm usually cloudy and, you know, just drifting mentally and just, you know, trying to get back in the swing of things. And at this time, I'm more focused than ever. I'm waiting on my next trip with one of my young queens. That'll be happening in November. Um, you guys are going to see all about that. And I'm going to break some shit down to you. And that's actually preempting the next book that I'm going to put out. It'll be my seventh. Um, 
I mean, I have nothing to say. I don't improvise. When I have plenty to say, I say it, and that's what this show is for. So I feel like when I get, it's almost like being fed, you know, when I get fed my culture and I'm around my people, you know, poor, rich, in the middle, doesn't matter, gifted, not gifted. When I am around my family, so, you know, these are my son's surrogate grandparents that when we lived in Tampa, it was just a six-hour drive, so they actually saw him more than my own parents were able to see him because we lived right there, so we spent Thanksgiving there and, you know, various holidays. And so it was a real ninja's birthday this weekend. My bestie, K-Boogie, and she's very um, laid back. So she's actually the opposite of everything that I am, but we come from the same cloth. You know, and I'm, I'm not sure they make that cloth anymore. And we had a situation where she said, listen, I don't want nothing extravagant child. You're talking about 20 years worth of birthdays, you know, and um, and at least a decade where we had two pennies to rub together. So you're talking about we done done everything on the sun. If you guys are following me on Twitter, it's at DMSST93 or on my Instagram at Scott. Just click that little button and then I'll approve you. If not, send me a little inbox like, hey, motherfucker, guy, listen to your show. So we get down there. My son and I are ecstatic, you know, and, and, and you know, it's it's hard when you get to a certain age and a certain place in life because everything has reservations, right, literally. Like, you have to make reservations to go here. You have to be here at a certain time, and it was just really nice to be able to kind of be laid back and say, you know what, we ain't got to do a motherfucking thing. We ain't got to do shit. All us girls got together. Her sister got together. She had a, a tragic event happen in her family over the week, which, again, you know, 99% of what we as adults on social media posts is really only 1% of our life. I know it is with me and my, my crew. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could be dying and you would never know. You'd be at the funeral talking about rest in peace, you know, and I don't want to put that in the universe, but it's true. So, you know, we get down there, and I just was reeling off a situation. I'm gonna, And, again, I'm going to put this out there. I gave it the five minutes of fame last week, and I'm going to say this again. You know, I no longer am in a phase where I, you know, I, I don't come to break. I come to build, always. Always, because as a mother, as a nurturer, you know, queen of the universe, that's what I do. But when you, you know, do things that bring them demons up out of me, you're going to get this work. And so, unfortunately, I had a situation I spoke about that I'm no longer up in arms about. I'm just kind of like, it is what it is. Because then there was yet another situation where, you know, you got motherfuckers jumping out the car in a, in white neighborhoods in the middle of the in the middle of the night. At, you know what I'm saying? In white neighborhoods on crowded streets. I I can't have that. Who I am as a woman, who I was as a wife, who I am as a mother. I cannot have this type of childish ass behavior. And unfortunately, um, that it really hurts me that. And I had this conversation with this gentleman. Um that I am not able to be your place of peace, right? And so when I reach out to this young man, it's because, you know, I really did care about you. I really did have love for you. And I, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that I wish you the best because you're not the best motherfucker right now, but I wish you well. I, I want you to get well because you're fucking sick. And so before I left um, 
to, to leave, I had actually had the great pleasure of having a very long and detailed conversation with someone who actually probably wanted to chop my head off about 30 days ago. And it, it, the entire weekend, you know, my girlfriend and I were talking about there are these pockets of men that we as professional women are not finding, we're not meeting them, and they're supposed to find us, but we're just we're not meeting them because we're not out there, we're not in those circles. So although we're all educated, you know, this brother that I'm talking about, he's a PhD, he's a doctor. And when I say him and I exchange words, I'm talking about it was like, fuck you motherfuckers from the West side. Like it was bad. But the thing is, is when I did the research, because before I engage you in any type of verbal combat, I've already researched you. I know who your mother is. I know where you live. I know what makes you tick. And I can probably identify where you had me fucked up. And where I had you fucked up. So when I did the research on this particular gentleman that I'm talking about, um, I said, no, he's one of us. I'm like, if he knew who or what I was and what I stood for, him and I would actually be allies. We would not be, you understand what I'm saying, against each other on social media. And I think that um, the way that I present, which is why I try not to put, like, body shots or anything like that in social media because it could be very easily misconstrued that I'm, you know, a certain way that I'm not. And um, we were able, I was on another show, the MMDTS show, the Married Men Don't Talk show, I believe it was last week. And I always love that show because I always feel like, I hate to say this, there's an abundance of women that are willing to kiss black men's asses just to, to reel them in and not do the work and say, this is the shit that I don't like. These are the things that you're doing, black man, that are hurting me. These are the things that I'm doing to you that I'm aware are hurting you. And so we get into this conversation, and I come out that I'm a cluster B psychopath, this, that, and the third. And typical black people, some people don't understand that's a real thing. You're talking about some Charles Manson type shit. Now, to date, I've never had anybody walk away from me. If I tell them, hey, I'm sick, whatever. And so there was a misconception you know, on the show that one of the gentlemen, who I respect very much, uh gentleman's name is Joe, he was like, well, what do you mean? He really didn't get it. Like, he really was like, and you're proud of this, and you're this, this, and this. And I said, but, you know, when you've been diagnosed with something when you're 19 years old because you have severe post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it's written in my books because I don't feel like, that's something that I should go on dates and talk about. Like, if you want to know who the fuck I am, here's my website, www.whatever-whatever. I have two, you know, and, and here's my books. Do the research yourself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like psych class. I'm not going to cite the references for you. You do the fucking work. I've researched you. I've stalked you. Do the same. And it's not about the money. I'll send you a book. If you say, you know what, I want to read a book, you know, read what the fuck happened, I'll send it to you. So, the gentleman in question that I had words with previous was on the show, and immediately when he found out that, you know, what my issues were, you know, in the past, he said, you know what, I apologize. He said, because I didn't know that, that you were being serious. I thought you were just, you know, basically being a bitch. He didn't say that, but that's where he was going. And so him and I were able to exchange information, have conversation about it, and, and we're good. We are allies. We are not, you know, but, but he also is that pocket of black men that I talk about that we don't get to see because he's at work. He's on the train. He's going home. He lives in, you know, DMV metropolitan area, you know. So, but these are people that I love having conversations with because you get tired of talking to motherfuckers and all they're talking about is weed. Or you get tired of talking to motherfuckers and all they're talking about is the sequence on the back of their jeans. You get tired of that shit as an adult. 
you know, you get tired of having to explain to motherfuckers why you don't walk with me on the outside of the street, why you should open doors, why I should reach across and open your door. You get tired of explaining to motherfuckers why it's important you know, for you to have your shit together at a certain age and for you to always keep a suit on hand. You, you just, you really get tired. So you, I want to meet like-minded people, right? So on the particular show, one of the epiphanies that I had is that I talk about my mental illness because it's it's very commonplace for me. But what I didn't like is the fact that, you know, some of the men on the show, they really didn't get it. And these are men that this particular gentleman is uh, single, the one that was talking and I, I, you know, I wanted to say to the, the one of the guys that runs the show, like, give me the opportunity to send the man the book so that he can understand. And so one of the things that I talked to the other gentleman who him and I have been in verbal combat the week or the month before is the fact that he said, you know what? He said, I don't think that that makes you crazy. He said, you know, we're always demonizing black boys, saying they got AD, ADD and ADHD and all these other things, and that very well might be true. But then that means that we need to look at the way that we are teaching these boys because perhaps it's something that can be fixed aside from giving medication. Um, in my situation, I needed medication at one point because the depression was so bad. And actually, the song that I played on the show last week, Lake by the Ocean by Maxwell, he said, I, you know, I was in a place where my bed was a coffin. So we have, you know, situations and things about mental illness that we listen to and see and talk about every day, but we don't really talk about it because you don't really meet people like Charles Manson. So you think. These are people that are teaching your children, they're delivering your mail, they're driving truck, they're, you know, these, it's not that uncommon. And so it was very upsetting to hear a black man tell me, of all people, well, you should be quiet and let me finish talking. That, you can't talk to me like that. And he's like, and part of your illness is probably defiance. Actually, it's not. And if you did the motherfucking research, you would know that that's actually not part of my illness and that the depression comes, the anxiety comes this, comes that, which leads me to wanting to discuss um, how literally the day after that, Kid Cudi, you know, very famous rapper. He's been associated with Kanye, Jay-Z. He's the one that um, Drake had to address. Kanye cussed his ass the fuck out uh, probably about two weeks ago, which is one of the things that happens when you're losing your shit. You start, you know, fighting with the people that are nearest to you. Now, Kid Cudi, to me, his beats, one of the, the things he had on the same album that was with Click, uh, Ain't Nobody Fucking With My Click, Click. So Kid Cudi had a song in there that is one of my favorites. So, Kid Cudi comes out with a status about mental illness, and he says, it's been difficult for me to find the words as to what I'm about to share with you because I feel ashamed. And that's very common, right? He said, ashamed to be a leader and a hero to so many while admitting I've been living a lie. It took me a while to get to this place of commitment, but it is something I have to do for myself, my family, my best friend my daughter, and all of you, my fans. Yesterday I checked myself into rehab for depression and suicidal urges. I am not at peace. Pause. You think that the man just woke up and, and, and wanted to die? Hmm? No, that's not how it works. Okay? And I actually spoke about the fact that on the show, this literally was um, – Six days ago, so this literally was a week ago, like literally right after we got off the show, he posted it the following morning. And I said, you know, he's like, you, you know, you're, you're wearing it like it's a badge of honor. No, I'm not. If these are things that happen to me from age 11 and on, 
Right, and and I'm 41 right now, and I just now wrote a book in 2013. This is something that I've been dealing with for more than half my life. I'm not going to be silent about it anymore just because it fucking makes you uncomfortable. So, Kid Cudi, and I spoke about the fact that the black male suicide rate amongst our men has gone up over 20%. It just it, – it, it doesn't make sense. So he, Kid Cudi goes on to say, I'm not at peace. I haven't been since you've known me. If I didn't come here – I would have done something to myself. I am simply, I am a damaged human swimming in a pool of emotions every day of my life. There is a raging violent storm inside of my heart at all times, and I don't know what peace feels like. I don't know how to relax. My anxiety and my depression have ruled my life for as long as I can remember, and I never leave the house because of it. Pause. That level of agoraphobia where you don't go outside being a recluse, I, I you know, I've done it. You know, I, I've had to take the Prozac and all that other shit, not because the white man told me to take it, but because I have to be able to get up and go to work and take care of my son. So we as black women are now becoming the new face of the nervous breakdown because we are made to carry this shit because some of you men, our men, are too weak to carry us or you're too weak, and that, that's not a bad thing. It's just I'm telling you the motherfucking truth. We are made to carry all the shit that you can't carry. I ain't fucking Harriet Tubman. I don't have to carry shit but my own shit. But we as black women, we're expected to carry your shit. It's okay that we got to deal with a year or two of your fucking unemployment, but you can't deal with us on a bad hair day when the ends of my motherfucking hair are straight, not curly. You know, we're expected to deal with you when the world, the man has got you down and got you fucked up and when you get laid off, but you can't deal with us and help rub my feet. Don't, actually, you know what? Don't touch my fucking feet. But you can't rub my hair. You can't, you can't rub my back and say, you know what? We're going to be all right no matter what. We're made to go out and work four or five jobs because we are in positions where we can earn more than you, maybe because you didn't get your education or maybe because there just aren't jobs out there for the big, scary black man. But... Y'all aren't made to go out and work two jobs and say, you know what, I'm matching her swag. So, yeah, she might make X amount of dollars an hour, but I work these two jobs and I'm close. Y'all just don't, you know, some of y'all just don't give a fuck. So Kid Cudi goes on to say, you know, my anxiety and depression have ruled my life for as long as I can remember and I never leave the house because of it. I can't make new friends because of it. I understand it. I don't trust anyone because of it, and I'm tired of being held back in my life. I deserve to have peace, and I deserve to be happy and smiling. Why not me? I guess I give so much of myself to others that I forgot that I need to show myself some love, too, and I think I never really knew how. Now, when I got off the phone with a gentleman the other, the other day, we had some conversations about love. You know, and y'all know I hate love. I love to be in love, but I hate the getting out of love or the falling out of love part because I believe that love is a choice. And, um... I love being in love. If I could be in love every day, I would be, but I can't because I will fuck one of y'all up. I don't want to go to jail. You know, and everybody is so into playing games now, so it's very refreshing when you meet somebody that says, look, this is the shit that fucking happened to me. This is why I do this, and this is why I do that. And it makes it very easy to understand. And I was also heard on the show saying that, you know, I don't have an issue dating. You know, I said, but I prefer to date people like me people that are sick or people that have issues or people that have been through stuff, not necessarily divorce, but just some shit. But to go back to the younger gentleman, that shit I can't deal with because you got mommy issues. I'm a nurturer. You have issues where you like to hit women. I'm violent. That's not going to work for me. And the mere fact, and it's funny because I do it on purpose. So if you're listening, I'm just here to tell you I do it on purpose. 
I say things to you that are very sweet and very loving and very caring on purpose because I know it makes you uncomfortable because I know that you never heard that shit when you was coming up because I know that no one ever told you that you were beautiful and you were special and you don't have to, you don't have to live like that. And you don't have to be angry. So on my trip to Atlanta, it was to celebrate my best friend's birthday and I'm always at peace. You know, so I get that, you know, everything is chaos and then we have peace. And I think that's all she wanted for her birthday, so I gave it to her. So you'll see on my Instagram, we got the ice cream truck. We went bowling. We went skating. We did basic bitch shit that we never got to do because we were always so busy, you know, working and making sure everybody's okay and then saying, okay, we're going to go out of town for three days. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So we slowed up on a lot of the trips, not because of financial reasons. That's definitely not what it's because of, but because it's like, well, what the fuck do you do now? She just came back from Dubai like a few months ago. We just did Puerto Rico for her birthday last year. You know, I went camping on my birthday in a 12-person, three-bedroom tent in the woods out in the Finger Lake. Like, what the fuck are you going to do now? So now I'm just looking for regular motherfucker shit to do, like cranberry festivals and shit like that, because we, we've done everything. Like, nobody will ever say that we have not lived our life. And now, you know, we're in a place where it's time to give back. So we're not in that fuck niggas get money stage. We're in that, you know what I'm saying? What's wrong with you, black man? Like, are you okay? Are you good? What can I do to help you? And if I feel like I can't help you, then I have to let you go. If I feel like love that I give to you, and and not that I'm saying I'm in love, the love that I'm going to put on you, you're not going to be able to give it back to me. And I need that right now. So some of the epiphanies that I had was that in Atlanta, there were pockets of men, okay, there were pockets of men that we had no idea about. We went to a uh, recreational center that had a bunch of, like, bowling and all, like, literally laser tag, everything. It was beautiful to see the couples in there, the black men that showed up with their friends, and, you know, that's a whole other situation. We had a blast. After that, went to Waffle House. I met another, well, two interesting gentlemen, one of them that I'm still in contact and in communication with, Drop Dead Gorgeous. You know what I'm saying? But, again, because my spirit is attracted to other damaged spirit or broken or somebody that's been hurt, you know, but he's able to articulate that. So he's a guy that, you know, if, if I don't pick up my phone, he will text me like, hey, you good, or I just called you, whatever. I like that because there's no pretense. So if I do it, it's not like, oh, my God, this bitch is getting on my nerves. Everybody is so into playing games right now that we forget about the human, you know, portion of, of being a person. You know what I'm saying? Everything is not about games. I'm just I'm not interested in playing them. You know what I'm saying? So we met these pockets of men, and I've been in, pocket, in, in these conversations with pockets of men. And we ain't talking about no hour conversations. We're talking about four-hour conversations with my newfound friend up there in the D.C. area, with my Atlanta friend, about life, love, marriage, things like that. And, again, when you're in your 40s, you, we all got our stuff. So I'm not interested in somebody that comes to me and they ain't never been through no shit. They ain't never been poor before. They ain't never had a situation where somebody fucked them over because then that is something, that's a life event that when it does happen, you're going to be fucking devastated. You know, so I need somebody that's able to say like, okay, we good. And then I also was putting into the universe things like, you know what, I don't want to get married, I don't want to do this. I met another gentleman literally the day that I took that out the universe and I said, no, I do want a partnership. I do want to have somebody that I can build with. I'm, I'm, I built my shit. You have to build your shit. And then we come together as an empire. That's what I want. 
that day, literally, when I was running, I tell you, I met, you know, I met somebody, hung out with them, not my cup of tea, not my cup of coffee, not my cup of fucking Malbec. However, I enjoyed this conversation. Men, just like y'all don't like when we put all that shit on you, like about, you know, shit that's happening, don't do that to us either. Don't talk to me about dead kids. Don't talk to me about, like, I don't want to know that. Like, and it wasn't even a date. It was just, it was a meeting. And you guys can go on my Instagram and see at miss.d.scott. Um, Mr. D. Scott, some of the conversation that he had with me where he was being very aggressive, that shit doesn't work with me if I don't like you like that. It doesn't. If I like you, you could do no fucking wrong. You could talk to me about dead chickens, whatever, whatever. You could talk to me about the Lemonade album, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, whatever. But when I'm not feeling you because that energy is off, I can't fuck with you. And there were a couple of things that happened that I don't, I don't want to say because, like I said, you know, I, I value this person's time and maybe we'll hang out at some point, but that's not somebody that I want to get in a relationship with because you're still trying to find yourself. You're still trying to find out what makes you happy, and I'm very clear on that. So my epiphany about that was like the minute that I started changing the verbiage and saying, okay, I do want to be in love. I do want to be loved back. I do want a partnership instead of saying what I don't want shit just started happening. It, it, it literally did. Like pockets of men just started appearing. Not that, you know, we're going to sift through them and kiss frogs and shit like that. Not that I'm going to be in a relationship with a gentleman in, in, in Virginia or with a gentleman down in Atlanta, but the conversation was completely different than when I'm talking to this young kid, you know, which, again, I've dated 30-something. I know some 30-something-year-old lawyers that I can have conversation with three, four hours. But this particular youngin that I was so fond of, you know, thinks that I'm getting on his nerves because I'm like, we good because I don't want no malice. And that's very atypical of me because normally I'd be like, fuck you, I hope you die tomorrow, that's it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't care. But this particular gentleman I don't want to do that to because I don't hope he dies. You know, I want him to live. Um, but I do see where he's going down a destructive path. And if you look at any one of my books and you read, every motherfucker that I named in that book that I said X, Y, and Z was going to happen to, it happened. Loss of jobs, loss of revenue, loss of your fucking mind, loss of your hair, all of that shit because you wouldn't address a problem that happened to you in your youth. So when we're talking about mental health, it helps to talk about it, which is why I have the show Tell the Truth Tuesday. So now I'm back. I'm in beast mode. I'm so excited that I'm making new friendships and meeting new people, not guys necessarily to date, but just you know how fucking hard it is to have all this useless information that you just know for no apparent reason and you can't talk to other motherfuckers about useless information that they have because they don't get it? You know, so that means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that my girlfriend was able to enjoy herself. It means a lot to me that we saw that these good men are still out there, these self-employed men are still out there, these guys are still out there, still pumping gas for women, still making women and allowing women to be women because they're still men. You understand what I'm saying? We went to a roller skating rink. I cannot tell you how many black men that I've seen in there that I said there's no way in hell that if I'd have saw him just walking in the mall or whatever, that I would have thought he was nice on them skates like that. Just pockets of men that we just, you know, different hobbies, different things. So now I'm in a situation where, of course, i got to go back to the gym because it's starting to get brick out. I probably have about another 30 days, and then I have to go renew my membership and start getting back in the gym. That's a socialization tool for me, you know, somebody that's been in the house. So I want to applaud Kit Cuddy. I want to applaud 
all the men that I spoke to this week about their shit because I appreciate the honesty because it makes me feel um, less crazy at the fact that, you know, when you hear another man say to you, well, you know what, I, I wouldn't call you crazy. You know, I would just say that you're doing this as a natural response to some shit that happened to you. And so I'm fortunate enough that I'm able to look at these men and say the same thing. You know, the one in Atlanta, you know, he's my favorite, you know, whatever, whatever. But at the same time, I just enjoy talking to the man. He likes to read. He likes to, to write. And he likes to do all these things. The gentleman that I hung out with here that you'll see the interviews that I did with him, you know, a little bit aggressive for my taste, you know, and I appreciate the fact that he's an alpha male, but there are just certain things that you shouldn't have to tell me. I should pick up on them. You know what I'm saying? So all the epiphanies that I had was that I think that as human beings, we all want love. We all want to be accepted. That's that's a basic innate need. So even though I reject the notion of marriage at this time and I reject anybody trying to just come in and be like, girl, I'm going to love you, that's not it. Love, Being in love with somebody is not the same as doting on them. It's not the same as loving them. It's not the same as having really good intentions for somebody because you care about them. And I think that right now on this day it's okay for me to say that because I think it's releasing a lot of the negative energy and connotation that I had towards men about what I wanted. And like my mama used to tell me, God don't care what you want. So I'm going to go ahead and leave y'all with this. And you don't need my permission. Just, you know, you gotta, you just got to keep moving forward. And that's where I'm at right now. Oh. Your 
time for you to show me what it's hitting for. Sip a little jack, maybe blow a little drop. Love you from behind, but I hate to see you go. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, give me that green light. You can let your hair hang down. But only if it feels right. Oh, give me that green light. I need you to give me that green light. Give me that green light, green light, don't you say no Baby, I can't stop, won't stop, till you say so Give me that green light, green light, don't you say no Baby, I can't stop, won't stop, till you say so Come on and give me that green light 